This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is our weekly roundtable discussion with our Cyclone Radio Network team. Eric Heft and Ryan Harklaw join me as we look back on a really good win against Oklahoma State and look ahead to a big matchup coming up this Saturday at West Virginia. We hope you'll enjoy our roundtable discussion. Guys, just a really well-played game last week. I thought two really good football teams, a real great showcase for the Big 12 Conference. And I think both those teams played the best football that they played all season over a 60-minute game. And, you know, Iowa State pulls out a, a hard-hitting three-point win. But I think even the Oklahoma State people would tell you that's the best they've played, too. I think so. And I talked to a couple of them that indicated that, but you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have to find ways to win games, you know, and you got to make the plays in critical situations. Coach Campbell talks about that. We talk about it. Your A players have got to make plays and you know, Iowa state's got a lot of A players and, and man, they made the plays they had to make, you know, Brees getting that touchdown for sure. But Brock, once again, just playing at a level that, it just blows my mind when I hear these national people talk about Brock. Oh, how inconsistent he is. I'm, things like that drives me crazy. I mean, the guy's having a phenomenal, phenomenal season. And, and what he was able to do in the face uh, of some pressure was just, well, basically the same thing we've seen for the last few weeks. It is, Eric. And you talk about that game that I think that was really impressive. So Brock was Brock, 27 to 33. I don't know what else you want out of a guy like that. That's as good a game as you can play that he did there. But what was really Really, I thought good to see is how many players contributed to that win. It wasn't outside of Brock with the big numbers, and then Brees had some some great plays. Xavier Hutchinson had a huge day. Uh, the defense came alive, uh, you know, and and had a really big day to slow that that offense down as well. So initially, when we started that game, the Oklahoma State team did have the the line of scrimmage. You know, I felt like that they were winning the line of scrimmage, and we fought through that, and we took that thing over in the third quarter. And, and I just I think that's what was really great about that win. It was a full it was a complete team win. Everybody contributed to that win. A lot of different guys played big time games that game. And I think that's what was really good to see is everybody step up to the plate. And, and, and when the lights popped on, the entire team did what they had to do in the game. And that's that's what I love to see is team ball win that game for us. It was team ball. You, you talk about the offense and the defense both kind of ha having their hands full with Oklahoma State, especially in the first half before really asserting their dominance. But, you know, the back-to-back -back sacks, you know, by Will McDonald were huge. And how about, you know, Kamani King and Aishim Young make that final stop on fourth down? Kamani King hadn't played that much. It had been Craig McDonald back there. You know, for him to come in and be ready to make a huge play like that at the end of the game, you're right. It was so many different people doing what they do. You know, any continues to play great, but everybody really stepping up. Yeah, let's take that a step further on the Kamani King thing because I think that's a great point. Guys being ready, and, and you're talking about a guy in Kamani King, and let's include Tariq Milton, too, as a guy who made a big play late in that game that hadn't been playing a lot and then came out there and was ready for that moment. And it's something Matt Campbell talks about a lot. But it's one thing when it's a young guy doing that, but when it's a veteran guy who's used to being in that starting role and then maybe isn't, and then all of a sudden he gets a chance at the end of the game, still goes out there and makes a winning play, what a huge thing for this football team. 
Yeah, I mean, in talking to Brock after the game, that's you know, one of the things we talked about. That final scoring drive, of course, a big throw, catch and run by Tariq. And Brock said just how happy he was for Tariq, for everything he's been through, to, to have persevered and be there and ready to make a play. I mean, so it's appreciated on a lot of levels. Certainly, it's not lost on, on the teammates. And that's what Coach Campbell and the staff has done. They've done a really nice job as they involve so many players. So on the sideline, there's not 22 guys engaged in the game. There's about 45 to 50 guys engaged in that football game because they never know when they're going to get that call. And earlier in that game, Tariq didn't obviously touch the ball. He wasn't anywhere to be found on the field. He wasn't really part of the game plan at that point in the game. But then it, when it came time for we needed a play from him, Coach Campbell put him in the, in, the, in the spot to make a play, and he did it, and he made the play. And it's not just him. It's everybody. Kamani King coming in. He's sitting on the sideline all day, but he was ready to play. The minute he went in there, he was in the game at the most important part of the game. And, wow, I mean, how hard is that to be a player standing on the sideline throughout the day, not knowing if you're going to get your shot because you're a little bit banged up, and he goes in and makes one of the biggest plays of the game. So Coach Campbell has trained these players to adapt to that and to respond to situations where, yeah, you may not be in for three, four series in a row, but when it's your time to go in there, do your job. And if you do your job, great things will happen. And I think that's what is so amazing about this team. When they get the opportunity, they, they show up every time. Hey, Cyclone fans, for the extra edge that comes from looking and feeling my best, I reach for my authentic brand gear. The style and comfort of Authentic Brand by TCB Companies delivers that boost of confidence to be my best. Authentic Brand gear can do the same for you or your entire workforce. Outfit your life with Authentic Brand gear by TCB Companies. And don't just do it, do it in Authentic Brand. Let's talk about what I would call the quintessential Matt Campbell moment, which is Xavier Hutchinson catching that long touchdown pass, the flag coming out. The instant reaction from Matt is he's pissed, you know, and so is everybody else. Obviously, the whole stadium is booing. But Matt so quickly turned his attention back to his team, and those guys got back on task. Brock Purdy got back to the huddle. You know, they didn't have to use a timeout to recollect themselves. They just kept going. And Matt always talks about adversity is going to strike at some point in the game. And when it does, how do you react to that adversity? I thought Iowa State reacted in a great way immediately after that call. And then after they got in the end zone the second time, then Matt Campbell let the officials really have it. But but the, the task at hand was the important thing. And I thought those guys got right back on the rails immediately and went right back to work. It was such a cool thing to see. A great example, I mean, for sure, uh, of how you want your players to respond to adversity. As a leader, and certainly the coaches are, are leaders of this football team, uh, along with a lot of other guys on the team. But you, you have to set the example, you know, and you've got to do, you can be upset, you know, but there was work to be done on that drive and it was critical. You're down 14 to seven, really got something going here to start the second half. And then, man, you've, you've, you've got to find a way to get that ball in the end zone. So that's your task at hand. So you check that task off the list and then you can go to task number two, which is giving them an earful. I loved it. So Guys, you guys have almost become world famous with your call of that play, by the way. I think you've seen it all over social media. <laughs> and yeah. and it's I, I enjoyed it listening to it on game day, and I was in your ear just as loud, you know, completely upset. What was really neat about this, there's a couple things that I thought were great. At the time, he didn't understand. He sent Xavier right back in. He trusted him, and he went back to him two times in a row to score that touchdown. They went right back to Xavier Hutchinson to score that touchdown. That was number one. He had trust and faith in him, and he, he wanted him – 
to score that touchdown. Now, I don't know who called that, if it's Brock making that happen or Coach Campbell. But I know one thing, Coach Campbell's the one that threw him back in the, in, the, in the game like you talked about. The other thing that I think is where we're at as a program. If you look at us five, six, seven years ago, we probably send a letter to the, to the Big 12 officials and say, hey, we think we didn't get what we wanted here, and this was probably a bad call, and it made a difference in the game, and we lost. Now we can send the Big 12 a letter and say, thank you. This thing lit this stadium on fire <laughs> and we won the game. And that's where we are as a program is that we've gone from those little things held us back from winning to now those little things ignite our fan base, ignite our team. And wow, that place, the atmosphere after that play was, was unbelievable inside of Jack Drive. So this program has come a long way from like I said, the angry letter to the thank you letter after plays or bad calls like that happened to us. You mentioned the the way the stadium responded after that. I mean, it was a great crowd up to that point. But, man, it just seemed, you know, from where we were, and you, you could tell better on the sideline, I'm sure, that, hey, they went they went into turbo mode after that. I mean, it was overdrive. <laughs> I mean, they skipped the and, and, for, and for the rest of the game. I mean, not just, you know, for, oh, a minute or two. I mean, for the rest of the game, the crowd was as great a crowd for, just from an involvement standpoint as you're coming down the stretch of a, of a big game as I think I've ever seen at Jack Trice Stadium. First and 10, the fans were screaming like it was third and three. Every down and distance, they were going crazy for that. That defense and offensively were very supportive as well. So, you know, anytime something's just so recent to you, you feel like that's where it gets the bias. But I have a hard time finding a game that was maybe that electric every down, every play like that one was. And it was just a ton of fun to be a part of it. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. One of the long-term benefits too is you know, Xavier Hutchinson's interviewed after the game, and he says, hey, from now on, I'm just running straight into the end zone and handed the ball to the official. And I'm sure some other guys on this team are going to take the same approach, and that's good because you, you, the more you can take out of the hands of somebody else, the better. Yeah. But Xavier is having a magical season. 13 targets, 12 catches, some acrobatic touchdown catches, and catches, period. And I, I'm starting to wonder about him – as an NFL prospect, I guess I hadn't really given it a lot of thought, guys, but what do you think? And I haven't seen any projections or rankings or anything like that, but do you think he has the skill set to play in the NFL? Man, I'm really not qualified to answer that. I, I certainly think he could, but there are a lot of freak athletes out there who may be able to make maybe even bigger highlight kind of plays. But I don't know that they're going to find anybody more consistent in his ability, his, his precision in his route running and how he's improved in that area. Great hands. You know, Alan Lazard is a little bit taller, which may give him a bit of an advantage. But there are some parallels between those two receivers in terms of production on game day. I think for sure he's going to get a shot. I, I think he'll be in a camp somewhere for sure, whether it's he's a late round draft pick or he's going to be a free agent. He's going to be in a camp somewhere. And then you have people like Adam Thielen that makes it, you know, you have guys like that. I think that's what's going to be the opportunity for Xavier. If he goes into a camp and has a great camp and does what he does, he catches the ball and makes great plays. I mean, what I get a chance to know about this kid this year is he's a great kid. Like he's, yes, sir. Every time you meet him, he's happy. Yes. He's got a smile on his face. He re, he'll approach you and talk to you and have a great conversation. He's a very grown up uh, individual where he has, he can have a great conversation with you. So number one, he's a great person. 
but I think that would also help him when he does get to camp. They're going to want him around their their locker room because he's a he's a kid you want in your locker room. So that, along with his skill set, he's going to get a shot. Now, do the plays come in the preseason games? That's going to be that's hard to say. That's where the, there's some freak athletes in the NFL. Some of those wide receivers are just unbelievably ridiculous. Now, Xavier's an outstanding athlete, but he'll have to separate himself somewhere in there, whether it's a possession receiver, find a way to get on the field preseason-wise to make that team. But he's going to get a shot. I, I fully expect that to happen. You know, I sure enjoy interviewing him after games in the locker room, win or lose. You know, I've done both. He's always been terrific. I had a chance to hear him with Dave Archer and Ari Temkin on, on Big 12. They had him on, I believe it was yesterday. He represents who he is, where he has come from, heaps of praise for his parents and guiding him. But yeah, same thing, yes, sir, kind of guy. But he really handled himself so well. I was super impressed and glad to see him get that more national kind of pub. We get a chance to travel with him. The entire team is that way. There is no little section of that team where they are, they're a distraction to anybody else. That's probably been the most impressive thing, this being my first year doing this, is how from player number one to player 105, they are all great people. There's not like a section of kids who are like, ooh, that's kind of, you know, they don't really fit the mold. No, 105 of our players fit our mold. And that is, that is, it just makes it fun to be around. They all represent us so well. Yeah, and I think you guys raised tremendous points about the quality of the individual with X and with so many of his teammates. And, you know, sometimes that's the tiebreaker. If you're in an NFL camp with another guy that's just as talented and you're the better teammate, you're going to win the job. And so I think that you can point out examples of the NBA that are that way because of their Iowa State background and how they've kind of handled themselves. And I think you can in the NFL too. And so I, I hope he does get that opportunity. Well, speaking of uh, road trips, guys, West Virginia. Eric, your neck of the woods. Tough place to play. Very passionate fans that care about their football program a lot. Iowa State has been able to dominate the series on the ground. In the last three meetings, I think it's about 214 rushing yards on average for Iowa State, 49 yards on average for West Virginia. So the fact that Iowa State's been able to control the line of scrimmage is why they've had three straight double-digit victories. But they're going to have their hands full this weekend. Oh, they will. You know, I think during their bye week, I think West Virginia really believes they found something. We were able to come back, get a road win at TCU. You know, and I think one of the big things there, you mentioned the run game. They were able to run the football. And, you know, and I thought their defense was really very opportunistic. But the fact they were able to run the football, uh, Letty Brown's a good running back, but he's kind of had an up and down year. But coming out of that bye week, I was really impressed. He ran with more purpose and authority. Like it kind of sent a message to me that perhaps this team after that bye week, maybe that was a kind of a, a come to Jesus type of deal because that team looked way more engaged than I'd seen them, you know, offense and defense earlier in the year. They are dangerous, Eric. You're right, because if they learn to run this football, they are going to be a dangerous team. And you look at they go to at Oklahoma, they lose 13 to 16. They go at Texas Tech, they lose 20 to 23. They just lose by three. And then Baylor got a pretty good handle on them. They got beat by Baylor 20 to 45. But then they fell down early in that game against TCU and he had a chance to watch that game. What they did, they fought back in that game. And that's what makes a dangerous team. They're going to come back in this game motivated. Like, look, if we do this, and we execute, their coach is going to have game film to show these kids, like, this is how we need to play the game. That makes a dangerous team when you come into play and when they found something or that little spark, similar to what we did, actually, when we, when we went to Baylor in that second half. That's where I feel like I still talk about this almost every game. You saw the spark in that second half, that team come alive. Unfortunately, we lost that game. 
but it's what we found. And I think what's led to our momentum and we have to play very good football on Saturday to beat these guys. You know, one other thing that's, uh, I guess, neither here nor there, but if you look at the point spread, it's the same point spread we had playing the number eight team in the country. Granted, the, the venues are different, but I think a lot of people have respect for what this West Virginia team uh, kind of has turned into here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you'd look at those freak athletes on the outside that you're talking about, Eric, the, the, you know, the NFL guys. They have a few of them out there. When you watch them on film, there's some twitchy guys out there, wide receiver. No doubt. I, I can see, yeah, and you can see why they want to sling it around a little bit. But you've put a run game together with those guys on the outside that's when they become a really dangerous football team. And they do play two quarterbacks, although Green, the freshman, doesn't play a lot, but he's a big run threat. But Daigie is not a run threat at all. And so sometimes teams play two quarterbacks and they're kind of asked to do the same things. This is the total opposite. These guys are asked to do completely different things. And I'm guessing we're going to see a lot more of Daigie than we're going to see of the freshman, but they can get after Daigie. We're really going to have to, I think, because of, of the nature of the playmakers they have on the outside. You know, Winston Wright. I mean, Wheaton. They've they've got some guys that that could that can make plays out there. Can really catch that short ball and make you miss, or, or just beat you deep over the top. So pressure is going to be big, and I do like our chances to get pressure. Will McDonald, the relentless nature of his game. He doesn't get a sack. You know, throughout the game, yet down in crunch time, he gets back-to-back sacks, you know. But Iowa State's going to have to get pressure. You don't have to worry about the run threat as much. We said this last week about Spencer Sanders when we were previewing that game. You know, you get pressure on him, maybe he'll make the mistake. Well, to Spencer Sanders' credit, he never really did make the mistake. He was really good throughout. But I think Daggy is a guy that will make the mistakes if you get some pressure on him, sometimes even if you don't. And I think getting him uncomfortable and off his spot could lead to some turnovers that we didn't get a week ago that fortunately we didn't need. So looking at their stats and their game, so Daggy is eight TDs to five interceptions, Eric. So it's completely backing up what you're saying right there. He will make some mistakes. The interesting thing is he's relatively accurate. He has a 68% passing percentage right now with 142 QBR, our quarterback rating, which is really high. Yeah. So he's a good quarterback. But your touchdown to turnover ratio or interception ratio, eight to five, is not great. So, like you said, if we can get some pressure on him and we have to stop the run and make them one-dimensional, you're right. We can really turn this game. We could get loose this game kind of like Baylor did to him. Is if we can get them into a one-dimensional team and keep putting the pressure on them, we, we have an opportunity to have a great day on Saturday as well. And the other area where, where they really have not been super efficient is touchdowns in the red zone. They've had to settle for, for too many field goals there. And that's an area where, you know, I think Iowa State is really showing great improvement over the last few weeks in getting getting six instead of three. It is. And a lot of times that comes down to the, having the ability to rush the ball. It's easy to throw the ball when you've got 60 yards behind you of open green grass to throw the ball around because the defense has to cover so much ground. But when you if you don't have an effective run game, you get inside that 10-yard line, you got 11 guys sitting inside of a 20-yard area. There's not much open room for passing. So that quarterback either has to be extremely accurate like Brock is or you need a, a, a Brees Hall in the backfield to get you in the end zone. And, and, and we're lucky and blessed enough to have both of those guys right now. I think back to the last time Iowa State went to Morgantown. That was Brees' breakout game. He had only had 17 carries in his first five games as a Cyclone. And then that day, I think he had 132 yards and three touchdowns. And man, have we been uh, blessed with watching him ever since. Uh, 45 career touchdowns and 
he just has never, never looked back. But that was the day. Hard to believe it was just two years ago in Morgantown in October that, that uh, all this started with Brees. Yeah, I think the game before that, he had one carry. Had a few, I think, in the opener that year and then really didn't carry the ball. Hardly had any carries at all in the next few games until we got to Morgantown. But, you know, Coach Campbell is always going to err on the side of not playing him too soon. And he wasn't sure that, that Brees was ready for the not only the physical part, but the mental part of everything you have to do to be that running back that's going to succeed an NFL running back in David Montgomery and do the kinds of things that David did. But Brees matured quickly. And he obviously has the talent, but man, how great was it to see him break free <laughs> in that game? And we kind of said, okay, now we know who who RB1 is going to be. It's going to be Brees Hall, and he's been unbelievable since then. He's going to be, have to be big Saturdays. I know you two guys. Your weather is going to be 71 degrees and beautiful inside that press box. I check the weather every time we go somewhere, standing down on the sideline. It's supposed to be 55 and rainy. So that's not ideal slinging the ball weather, if you will, for, for the quarterback. So Brees Hall is going to play as big a part in any game this year probably this Saturday with the, with the weather as he has any game so far where we need to establish a run and control that game that way, especially if that rain's coming down like they say it's going to. And much as I love natural grass, Milan Pushker Stadium has field turf. So I think that's that's a real positive for this, for you, for you guys, uh, for the team, for the running backs, and even for you, Hark, down there on the sidelines so you don't get your shoes muddy. Oh, that's good. I, I appreciate that. It's going to be beautiful. As long as we win, it's really beautiful. We've got our build an arc for Hark sign that we're going to hang outside of our booth. But um, <laughs> hey, Hark, Will McDonald is going to probably in this game, I would think, break the school record for sacks of Jaquan Bailey, career record as a junior and, you know, midway through his junior season. And we've talked a lot about how much he impacts plays and Obviously, he draws a lot of holding penalties. He gets held a lot when it doesn't get called. But the impact that he's had on this program, and, and Matt talked about it yesterday, just a guy that they knew was an athlete. They weren't sure if he was a tight end, a linebacker, a defensive end. But, man, the guy's motor is just awesome. And what an impact player in this program. I think one of the healthiest things that you see in any program is when you watch records get broken you know, five years after they've been broken. The best thing we could have happen is if you could have Wills get broken five years from now. And I, I love to see, and you're watching uh, Brock Purdy break a bunch of records and the records are falling everywhere, which is a great thing. That means we're going in the right direction. You know, to, to address Will, you talk about his motor, you, you couldn't be more accurate. He plays the game at such a high level, every single snap and play, it's unbelievable. Even by the end of a drive, when he's tired, you're looking at him and he, he looks exhausted. But when that snap happens, I don't, he just has a switch where he can turn that thing back on to 100% where you don't even – it looks like the first play of a series. So he's got a, a natural gift and God-given ability to do something that 99.9% that of humans can't do, and, and that is to play at that level for that long. And that's going to – you know, we talked about the NFL earlier. That's where he's going to make a big impact. I think you're going to see a lot of teams looking at him because of that motor he has. Some guys can play one play like that. Not many guys can play that many plays in a row like Will does. And his strength has, is really catching up to the quick twitch part uh, of his game. And that's one of the things he's got the, the length, you know, of the quick twitch and, and now a lot of strength. You know, here's a guy you mentioned the coaches didn't know where he would play when he came in. He wins the state discus and is third in the high jump. Now, that's not 
those aren't two things that normally as a track and field guy you would say go hand in hand two two really completely different events but it just kind of shows you his range of athletic ability and man but he's been so much fun to watch and you ask any coach who's playing against Iowa State before or after and they know dealing with number nine has got to be part of the game plan or you're in big trouble. Yeah, I think that's probably at the top of their uh, their, their offensive to-do list is account for number nine. And he won that discus title wearing Chuck Taylor high tops, which only adds to the, uh, to right. the legend. That's well, what guys, I wore in high school. I mean, come yeah, on. That's true. That's true. Good point. Well, guys, huge game. If you can win it, it makes the Texas game enormous. Even if you lose it, that's going to be a big game. But Man, great opportunity for the Cyclones this weekend. And uh, Eric, I'll see you up in the dry booth, and Hark will see you down on the wet sideline. I look forward to it. It's <laughs> going to be a great week no matter what. I think we're going to have a great day in, in Morgantown on Saturday. I do too. I'm looking forward to it. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.